right, hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, Mike Foch again with Brian Weed here. Hello. From CC Philly, System Pastors. And we are going through Chuck's book, Calvary Distinctives. We're calling this Calvary Distinctives 2.0 because we just want to break some of these things down a little bit and kind of hone in on what we think is essential for everybody. And in this episode, we're going to go through chapter four of the book, which is entitled Building the Church God's Way. Uh, The summary for this chapter, we find page 39, Chuck says this, Another distinctive characteristic of Calvary Chapel is our relaxed, casual style. We don't get involved in a lot of spiritual hype. We don't try to motivate people carnally, and we aren't apt to shout at the congregation. Most of us. I, that's not in there. <laughs> when we're not mad. Yeah. I believe this stems from our belief and trust in Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit. We are of the belief that if the Lord doesn't build the house, they labor in vain who build it. So all of our hype and pressure aren't really going to do the job. We simply trust in the work of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus Christ who is building his church as he said he would. I think it's funny, Mike, because... The very first sentence of this chapter, the distinctive characteristic of Catholic chapels are relaxed, casual style. You just read it. You just immediately think he means, uh, you know, wallabies and a, and a Hawaiian shirt or yeah, something sure. like the old class. But he's actually not talking about style. Like so many people think about style in the church today. Right. He's not. He's talking about our the spirit in which we do God's work. Yeah. So... In terms of like, what does that look like in a biblical basis? Like you said, Brian, we're not we're not actually talking about clothes. We're talking about something else. So we obviously believe that it's the Lord's church. This is Jesus's church. Ephesians one twenty two five twenty three Colossians one eighteen. As Chuck said, Jesus said he's the one who's going to be building his church. He promises to do that in his own power. Zechariah 4, 6, which I think is a big verse just for Calvary Classic Chapel. Calvary verse. Classic Calvary verse, which again is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Powerful verse, great verse. Matthew 16, 18, Acts 2, 46 and 47, Ephesians 4, 15, Colossians 2, 19. All those, again, just promises that Jesus is going to do the work as the head of the church to build his church. And because of that, we want to, and we believe the early church, look for this supernatural power in ministry. So 1 Corinthians 2, 1, really 1 Corinthians 2, where Paul just talks about the wisdom of the world as opposed to the wisdom of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, again, we know we're not sufficient for these things. Our sufficiency isn't of ourselves. So because there's no end to the life that's in God or his spirit and therefore his word, we commit ourselves to the simple things, which are prayer, the ministry of the word, what we've talked about in some of these earlier chapters, and we rely on those things. So we become casual because those are the essentials Mm -hmm. and the other things are non-essentials. So to sum up the distinctive, we're actively minus the hype because we actively rely on the spiritual power of God through the work of his spirit and through the truth of his word. Yeah, and I think that does become a distinctive. You get people from other churches and they begin to ask, uh, you know, why don't we do this or do that? And a lot of times I think the answer is, uh, you know, just so really practically the other day someone said to me, you know, why don't we have a, a formal church planting program? 
And it took me a second. These questions always take me a second. But then I kind of just said, well, we do have churches planted out of our church, but no, we don't do it through a problem. Not against programs. That's just not how we've done it. So we have all these churches that have been planted out of our church, but they've been planted when God raised someone up and it seemed Mm -hmm. good and we agreed to help him. You know, he went out and then God blessed his work and now he's at a church. Yeah. And so... It, it's not that it's not that we don't see churches or don't want to see churches planted. It's that we're not going to hype up the program to go plant churches and uh, you know huff and puff and go do it. Yeah. Uh, no criticism on the way anyone else does it. It's just not how we do things. And so we see churches planted. Not all the time. Not every year. They can, maybe they come in spurts and maybe there's seasons where fewer churches are planted and somewhere more are. But it does happen. Just not with, as you say, Mike, the hype, or not with necessarily an organized program. Yeah. So. There's a lot more application in this one, Chuck, to, to kind of apply this principle of trusting in the Lord to do his own work in building the church his way, talks about getting the property where he was at and being terrified of going bankrupt and the Lord having to tell him, no, it's my church and not your church. And he also talks about, by way of example, his past experience in denominational in a denominational world having to go through church growth programs to kind of build his church where he was at and have numbers and just the pressure of those things. And, and Mike, if I could just point there, just by way of sort of seeing Chuck as a as a grandfather we want to listen to, some of us who are younger, because of his experience, this chapter is one of those chapters where it's helpful to remember that the reason he ended up doing things was because he didn't start this until, again, his mid-40s. Yeah. He had a couple decades of experience of the other ways of doing things. And so sometimes when it's like, well, why don't we do X, Y, Z? One of the answers is, well, because Chuck had so, so much trouble with that way of doing things. And when he stripped it down and went simple and trusted in the Lord, he saw fruit. So we just sort of kept doing the simple trusting the Lord way. And, and so it's maybe I personally don't have an experience with hype building programs. But Grandfather Chuck did. Yeah, <laughs> He was like, uh, I don't want to do it that way anymore. Yeah, and when he began to read the scripture, he noticed in the scripture, the exhortations were not to hype-building programs, yes, but to trust in Jesus Christ. This is the universal part, right? Again, why we talked about the biblical basis. Jesus builds a church, and he builds it his way. And so much of these conversations come down to, like, if you had to sort of boil down the, the since this is distinctives, the distinctive Calvary Chapel ethos, it would kind of be like, guys, why are we doing this? Why don't we just trust the Lord and do the simple things the Bible says and see what happens? Like so many things are sort of decided that way. Why are we doing this other huge thing? Or why do we keep, let's just do it the simple way. We'll trust God, we'll pray. And over and over again, often God blesses the simple. And then you go, well, I'm just gonna keep doing the simple. It's a lot less work and I see God move. Yeah, which again was one of his applications. He talks about being at one of those church growth conferences and stuff and being in a QA and a and just saying he's gonna keep doing the things that God led him to do where he saw more growth anyway, and people getting angry at him because he wasn't the pro-program guy. So he does acknowledge, I think, in on page 42, he says this, which I think is great. We've discovered, notice we've, not just him, that whenever you strive to gain, you then must strive to maintain what you've gained. If you really pushed and pressured to gain it, you have to put pressure on to keep it going. Maintenance is tough if it's man-made, man-built program. Uh, and he even gives an example of going out and buying a boat, and his engine was too little, he buys a bigger engine, then he needs a bigger boat, then he needs a bigger, and how there was, there was never an end, it was never good enough. Um, 
But he, he uses that just as an example in the church again as to when you start some program, some hype, pushing effort in one way, you have to keep that up. I know early on here at Calvary Philly, pa- uh, Joe, you know, Pastor Joe didn't start a youth ministry until there was like this gaggle of teenagers already here that, yeah. that we couldn't get rid of. And the parents are basically like, can we please do something? As opposed to, I'm going to hire a youth pastor to generate a youth ministry from scratch. Right. Not criticizing one way or the other. It's just, if we're saying a distinctive of Calvary Chapel, we're saying, well, building things after people come, not building things to try to get people to come. And that could be a building. That could be a building a thousand seat auditorium because we have 200 people and we want 800 people. And I think typically, usually it's the other way around the Calvary Chapels. We, we, our building sees 200 and we got 700 people coming out. We're burst. We have to figure something out, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you build something or, or whatever. Uh, same thing with programs. This is going. This is this is going on. The tomato plant's growing. Let's figure out what kind of trellis we're going to put up so it can grow up it, so we can see more fruit. I'm not going to put a trellis in and think that that's going to grow a tomato plant, to use the agricultural yeah. metaphor. And I think there's an acknowledgement there that again, we, you can have a measure of result in the flesh, but it's not true spiritual success unless it's built by Christ. Right, abiding in Christ produces spiritual fruit, and spiritual fruit can only be produced through what comes from the life of Christ. So if it's not from the life of Christ, it's not real spiritual fruit, and it won't be pleasing to him in the end. You can generate motion, light, sound with machinery, but how wise of Jesus to use the image of fruit, because like you said, Mike, fruit can only come from life, and life in the spiritual context can only come from God. And so that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and without him, we can do nothing. So I think, we can be more relaxed in Calvary because we don't believe these other things add to the spiritual life that we're looking for anyway. And so Chuck says on page 39, right under the paragraph you read, if we have complete confidence that it's his church, then he's going to build it and that he's going to do his job, then all I have to do is be faithful. Now, faithfulness can feel like hard work. Mm-hmm. It can feel like hard work over time, right? Consistency. Uh, but the 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 only thing i need to be asking myself is am i being faithful god will bring the fruit i don't have to set these goals this is the relaxed thing we're talking about and yeah. then strive and sweat cuz oh i got i got to get 100 people come out of my youth bible study like yeah. i what do i got to do to get 100 people no the question is am i being faithful if i haven't well that's an issue right have i been being lazy or slack or some way but if i'm being faithful i can continue to pray and trust god yeah so i think in in uh, the opposite end, right, that fleshly labor becomes the root of burnout and disqualification in people's lives. They're working so hard to create something that God's not working in, and so they don't have the grace of God to accomplish it. So they're doing it in their own strength, and their own strength runs out at some point. If you're really talented, maybe your own strength can go a little bit longer, but there comes a point where all of that ends, and we don't see then numbers or money as the only measurements of what real success is, particularly because we're looking for spiritual fruit and the things that the Lord would want to provide. And I think for, I could say for me personally, Brian, I'm sure you could say the same thing. This isn't just true of the senior pastor in the church. 
It even works in the ministries under the church. So I did high school ministry for years. You were involved in high school ministry, young adults. Mm -hmm. And we were never under pressure to accomplish some specific thing. Right. We were just supposed to be faithful with, we'll say, the things that we talked about. Again, the practices of the Spirit, prayer, the teaching of the Word, breaking of bread, fellowship. Mm -hmm. We, we We were all supposed to be faithful in those things. But then what the Holy Spirit might be doing in our ministries, we had the freedom. Pastor Joe never pressured us to do a specific thing or accomplish a program or hit a certain number mark. And numbers went up and down in all all types sure. of ways. And the fruit looked different ways. But there's there's a there's a relaxed, casual style in Calvary's because you don't see this constant pressure not only on the church to do something, but on the individual people in the church to do something as well. Yeah, yep. I remember when I when Joe, you know, I'm stepping in to do young adults and I'm talking to him, he basically just kept saying like, ah, you know what to do. And I think you come away and you realize, and now being involved in other guys coming on staff, you come away and you realize one of the practical outworkings of this is, again, we're looking for certain types of people that God's raised up. Mm-hmm. If you get the right, man in there with the gifting and faithfulness and holiness and heart for people and heart for the Lord, then as long as he's faithful to do the simple things, I don't know, brother, go go do what the Lord tells you to do. Yeah. And it's going to be great and it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I've always thought like if Joe found out that I, you know, I begin teaching the young adult study and, and, and serving that ministry and within a month it's down to three people on a Monday night and uh, everyone stops coming. I mean, he might have been like, hey, can I see in my office? Like, what's going yeah, yeah, yeah. on? You know, it's not. But, you know, praise the Lord if that didn't happen. But he also was never like, we need 300 people out soon mm-hmm. because this ministry down the street has this or that. Like, nope. Uh, and then, you know, the classic experience, I think, at Calvary Chapel is someone asks you, like, how, how do you do it? What are you doing? And you have almost no way to answer the question because you're like, well, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're teaching the Bible and yeah. we get together to pray. And, and people are always like, that's all your, that's it? Yeah. And we're always like, oh, I mean, yeah, but God's blessing it and people are here and people are getting built up. And But I agree, it le- like in terms of how we treat each other and the kind of pressure that we put on the actual individual serving, it's it's a great freedom to to just be one of those people and allow others others to just you go serve the Lord, brother, and see what He does. You know? Yeah. So when you when you again these things always have a trickle down when you believe that Jesus Christ builds His church through the Holy Spirit in His own way, you you no longer have room for these ubiquitous programs that could go over any church. So there are people who have these church building programs or ministry building programs that feel like they could come into any church and every church should do these things. Here's what you need to do. Yeah, but the the measure of success we see totally differently because we don't know what Jesus wants to do with that body. And the reality is he probably wants to do different things in all different types of bodies, which means that the fruit of those bodies is going to look very different. Like we were talking about this before. Some people might be sending out a lot of missionaries. Some people might be very evangelistic right where they're at. Some people, it might be their teaching ministry goes further. Some people, it might be they're just raising up really godly believers, and those believers are filtering into positions of college ministries Mm -hmm. and other churches Mm -hmm. and assistant pastors. And how all that works out, it 
it leaves it up to Jesus and the Spirit, and we don't have to have the pressure of creating something. We just follow what he's doing. Or fitting into another mold. Right. And we don't need to pressure others that way. Right. So I think that there's a lot of, this leads to a lot of freedom and simplicity, again, and then certainly a more casual style because you you don't have to create hype to get to some end that you don't know that God even wants you to get to anyway. And and you're alluding to this a lot, Mike. When people then come into your church and they say, they say, I'm going to stay here and they're there then for years. You know, think about what people deal with all week long, being driven by their bosses, you know, you're driven to perform, driven to, and that's just the way the world works. You got to stay on top of the curse. It's, I get it. You got to go out and by the sweat of your brow. Uh, but it should be different when we come into the church that Jesus says, you know, it's not for nothing that he uses the word fruit that does directly tie back to the the verses about the curse. By the sweat of your face, you're going to eat your bread, right? Because the earth is now cursed, is going to bring forth thorns and thistles. But now in the age of the Spirit, Jesus says, if you trust me, if you follow my word, you will just bear fruit. It's so interesting that John 15, he doesn't say, yeah. by the sweat of the branch's brow, it bears fruit. He says, abide in the vine. There's something being restored here that is being restored to the individual believer and the church, even before it's restored to the earth. Sure. And it's, it's just a blessing to learn that and get to step into it. And I think the... You know, I guess the maybe contrast of you, somebody might come and say, well, this is a good thing. What's the matter with this program? And we might say nothing per se, you know, like you said, it's a church planning program or a, uh, you know, missions program or something like that. But on the other side of that, I know Chuck said this, Warren Wearsby has said this. It's not just a Calvary Chapel thing. Where God guides, God provides if I lean on the Lord and let him build something, he very well might build something way bigger than I would have thought anyway, or way better than I would have aimed. Maybe my church program really is way lower than what the Lord wants, because Chuck had plenty of church building programs, then he surrendered himself to the Lord, and the Lord did something he never would have dreamed about the Lord doing. And I think we've seen that at Calvary Philly, there were things, you know, that were on Pastor Joe's heart years ago to do down in the city, places not ex- super close to where our church was located, but oh, there's so much need down there. And I've heard him talk about realizing the Lord wanted him to stay his course and teach the word, and God would handle that. And now when we look at the things that have spun out of here and the kind of ministry that happens down in the city, I do think it's probably way bigger than anything like that could have been planned either through him or the guys here at the church at the time. And you go... There's God. That's fr- that's what fruit looks like. Mm-hmm. The seed of the word bearing a hundredfold, as opposed to just something maybe that you know Joe would have come up with back in the earth, in the mid '80s if he had tried to minister down the city. No, yeah. God had it under control, and so there was the faithfulness and the regularity, and God took care of that. Yeah, and you don't see the other side of the story. You see, you know, some of the success stories where people are really talented and have the best business practices and can create something and make, some, make something happen, we'll say at least for a while. And again, we don't even know if those things are pleasing to the Lord, per se. They could be done in the flesh. But you also miss out on the side of the story of 
all the dudes who tried to do that and failed. They're not teaching the seminar. They're not, te- right. yeah, they're not teaching the seminar. They're not writing the book. Yeah. They tried this thing and it didn't work out at all. And it was killing, you know, they're trying, they're, they're in a city of 5,000 people and they're trying to have 4,000 people in their church. The The whole thing's falling apart. They got a blazing rock band with, you know, 15 people in there in the service. And the reality is, if the Lord doesn't build it, you're laboring in vain. And the difference is, yeah, you could really hurt yourself and the sheep or the people in your ministry if you're not leaning on the Lord and allowing him to build what he wants. And we could miss out on what God wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like there like you you said, there might be a better thing. Maybe bigger, but maybe just better. Maybe yeah. weightier, maybe more eternal, maybe pure and and more powerful that God wants to do that we would miss out on because we're like, oh, we'll do this, we'll get this thing, we'll, you know, all the stuff that goes down. Yeah, and that's the safest thing for him and for us personally uh, because when God hasn't called you to something and you try to jump into it, that's that's trouble. You don't want to be Aaron trying to run the show when you're not equipped to run the show. We, we know that doesn't, that doesn't work out very well. <laughs> he lasted like a week. So... <laughs> He he had his proper place before the Lord, and then he was faithful there and, and blessed in that spot. So we see these things, again, as Calvary distinct as we're saying that, but we just want to bring this back to the idea that we see these things as biblical distinctives, things that are scriptural, and we hold them as distinct because they actively form the way we serve the Lord, see the Lord, and do ministry. So uh, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. And uh, we'll keep plugging along. We encourage you to, again, if you haven't gotten the book, get the book, read through, and make sure we're not making stuff up. (laughs) See you next time. All right, see you guys.